Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. What do eight bags of concrete mix, a cooler full of 30-pound sea bass, and a 10-inch compound miter saw have in common? They're all things that are easier to load in and out of the bed of the new F-150. Thanks to its new available pro-access tailgate, that's also a swing gate. The new 2024 Ford F-150. Tough this smart can only be called F-150. Available starting early 2024. Pro-access tailgate available starting spring 2024. Cargo and load capacity limited by weight and weight distribution. This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're multitasking. But what if you could also be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. So multitask right now. Get your quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. All right, Mike, I want to ask you about your last your favorite topic here, your fantasy team. How Stop. many fantasy teams do you play in this year, and oh. how good is your team looking? Come on, I, I get the down. shakes. I get the shakes anytime this comes up because you know what the guys on Pardon My Take do. They they find creative ways to get me to talk about my fantasy team, so they can say nobody gives a damn about your fantasy team. Although they they use other language than that. I've got two leagues. If you care, and you probably don't. But uh, the drafts are coming up. I like to do the drafts as late as possible because you never know when injuries are going to happen. So. Oh, oh, I like about your family, you piece of. No one cares, Mike. I was set up. No one cares. I was set up, you mother. Thank you for the bleep there. You know. I saw that one coming, and I just went along with it, but I didn't see it coming. It was a weird feeling, because I'm thinking, why does Field Yates want to talk to me? He's got a whole army of people at ESPN he can talk to. What is this thing? And I, and I was curious, to, and I wanted to ask him, well, what is this even for? Why are you at your house? They've got ESPN Studios up, up the wazoo, and, and it, there was just something about it, but it never quite all came together. You know, like all the pieces were there. And and it just yeah. kind of all in the moment. It was you're never going to get me again. I don't care. Yeah, and I know well, Big Cat's probably already trying to cook up the next one. You are never going to get me again. That was the last time. No, I'd like to announce we're officially retiring that bit. We're never going to mess with you again when it comes to your fantasy team. Sure, Mike, that was sure. that was really the pinnacle moment. I think just knowing that anytime you talk to anybody about fantasy football now, we're in the back of your head. It, it was a real pleasure for me to, to hear you say that out loud, that we're always like lurking. You're always you're living in constant fear of us, uh, which is really the great position that you want your friends and your colleagues to have around you. Yeah. Always yeah, be exactly. a little bit afraid that that nothing is real and that their life is just one big Truman Show esque plot to get you to talk about your fantasy football team just to insult you for talking about your fantasy football team. As long as you don't turn this into a carry the rage moment where, you know, the pig's blood gets dumped on you 
and and you just lash out at the world <laughs> after the fact. I'm fine with it. I, I'm ready to retire the bit. Now that said, I'm just going to walk you through my starting lineup this weekend. I've got Matt Ryan at no, quarterback. Stop. Unfortunately, I'm dealing yeah. with some injury issues. And then when is Christian McCaffrey going to get back? Is he coming back? Because I've had stop. him on my IR. My league has two IR spots. How many does yours have? I I, I don't know what you're talking about. We, it's time for us to answer some questions, and none of them are fantasy related. Let's answer oh. some questions. I know you try that. That's not a very good effort, but you, you you had me against the rope, so you may as well try. You know, you may as well take one swing with the uh, the, uh, uh, the 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 uppercut or whatever whatever type of punch it was. I don't know what the hell I'm talking about. How about Eric and Teddy with a question to open up the PFT mailbag? Explain the background of the PFT Big Cat PFT commenter thing. I must have missed all it how it all came about. Now I know from the account this is our friend Pauline in the UK and apparently I don't pronounce her name the way that they do in the UK. It's something like Pauline or Pauline, I don't know, but it's not Pauline. They think it's funny how how we say Pauline. Regardless, give us the background of how you ended up creating the PFT commenter character. Let's start there. There's more pieces to the story. There's more chapters to the book, but how did it come to be that you created this persona? Okay. I'll, I'll walk you through the, the short version of the long story. I've been actually thinking about, I've been watching myself on television. What do you think about the Kenny Albert hand tent? I think I might start doing this for the rest of the show. I think it's a very nice way of presenting myself. Pauline, uh, it's a good, good question. Uh, I, I started a, a Twitter account back in 2012, I believe, because I really appreciated the art that went into the comment section on Mike's website, Pro Football Talk, um, especially as the league CBA was being ratified as there were the negotiations. I really liked all the people in the comment section that were really going out on a limb, standing up for Roger Goodell, people that uh, seemed like had created brand new accounts. People forget that Mike's website was the original Russian troll bot farm hotbed of the internet back in 2011, 2012. And uh, I, I absolutely love the comment section. I would scroll pa right past the article and start reading the comments because I thought, you know, that's where the real takes are. That's that's where you get the pure, uncut Peruvian snowflake takes. So I, I scrolled down there. I really enjoyed what they were saying. And I decided to create a Twitter account. That was essentially if, if you just wrapped up the entire comment section into one voice. And I started tweeting, started replying to a lot of Mike's tweets. And to Mike's credit, he probably could have shut this whole operation down. You guys at home probably would be a lot happier if back in 2012, Mike had just blocked my Twitter account in that first week that I started it. Um, but, you know, hindsight's 2020. He didn't do that. And people started following me and they started asking me to write blogs and, and to expand and do some long form stuff. So I started writing a little bit, uh, met up with Big Cat back in 2015. And we decided that it would be fun to work together at some point in the future. Fast, fast forward to 2016, Big Cat is like, hey, guess what? I think we're getting some investment here at Barstool. It'd be great if you came and did a podcast with me. And at the time, I didn't have a full-time job, didn't have healthcare, uh, something that I'm sure you probably can't relate to over in the United Kingdom, Pauline. And I was like, you know what? I would really like to have a full-time job with benefits at this point. Doing a podcast with Big Cat sounds like a lot of fun. So we teamed up with Hank, started part of my take, and then the rest is kind of taken off from there. And uh, I, I remember the first time that Big Cat and I went to visit Mike in West Virginia. I don't think Big Cat knew much about you at the time, but I was like, this is my internet dad. He's cool. He's just, he's dad cool, you know? So you can, you can feel free to speak your mind around him, but just know he's 
Mike's, you know, he's a nice Italian father. So uh, we, we ended up having a good meeting that weekend. Uh, I think we drank some, some red wine. We stayed above your garage in a cubby hole that you, you hollowed out for us. And uh, yeah, just kind of kept in touch since then. And uh, I know Big Cat's a, a frequent guest on PFT Live here on Fridays. Uh, and I always enjoy watching, even if Big Cat's not on the show. I'm actually a big Sims guy. Uh, so I, I more frequently watch when Sims is on. Uh, but when Big Cat's on, I'll, I'll, I'll watch. I'll DVR it. Uh, I'll, I'll watch a little bit later as a, a little treat for myself going into the weekend. But it's been it's been fun getting to meet Mike and watching him come out of his shell a little bit. I gave him Mad Dog 2020 back in 2015. And I've always said that's like when when uh, the Beatles were, were hanging out with Bob Dylan and Bob Dylan got him high for the first time. And all of a sudden, their minds just expanded. <laughs> Giving Mike that Mad Dog 2020 really gave you a nice window into his soul that I don't know would have been there if if it wasn't for me stopping by and bringing it out. But no, seriously, Mike's been a very, uh, very nice person to me personally and on a professional level. And so I'll always be thankful for that. When did you realize, when, when was your holy S-T moment where this has gone from something that's just me screwing around to something that actually, you know, is going to finance a different lifestyle. Now that you're making 82,000 net per episode, pardon my take. When did you, when did you have that, that epiphany that you're like, I, I, I can't believe this. How in the hell, how in the hell did this come to be? I think probably when Jeb Bush followed me on Twitter, that was a, pretty big indication a very very powerful audience i had somebody to tell people to clap for me at that point and i didn't have to worry about doing it on my own now i i don't i don't know if there has been like a holy s moment you're trying to get me to cuss mike i don't that's not fair what you're doing right no there, i'm not no i'm, I'm not, not trust me no no i'm not I'm, no i'm not no i spend i spend hours trying to keep sims away from that so no i'm no 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 I'm just I'm just curious because there had to be a moment where you're sitting there or you're driving a car if you drive or you're playing your guitar or whatever. When all of a sudden you're like, I made this stupid Twitter account and it's changed my life. Yeah, no, it's it's weird to say that. And you're absolutely right. It is like a very I it was a stupid thing to do in the grand scheme of things. Like who thinks that just starting a random Twitter account when you're bored at work is going to lead to a career change and really a change in my entire life. Uh, but honestly, I think the moment where I actually started to believe was pretty early on. Um, it was the day after I quit my job and I had nothing in terms of income planned. Uh, I was doing, uh, I was doing focus group transcriptions for a sex toy company, which believe you me is not as fun of a job as it sounds like. And I was getting something like $5 an hour to do it. That's the only job that I had planned after I quit my other job to focus on this writing. Um, and so I was making virtually no money. And I was outside. Uh, I remember the day it was still a Saturday in April of 2013. And I'm running down my street. And I got a text from uh, or a direct message from a good friend, Mike Tunison over at Kissing Susie Colber. And you guys might know him as Christmas Ape. And at that point, he offered me a job writing for KSK. And as soon as I knew that I was going to make some money doing this, then that's all it took. I was just happy to call myself a paid writer at that point. I didn't know it was going to take off, obviously, to the point that it has already. I think the first indication that I knew that it was going to be kind of next level was um, 
really when Big Cat and I got uh, cease and desisted by ESPN on the first day of doing our podcast. Thank you to the lawyers, the legal scholars over at ESPN for really giving us all the free publicity that we could have ever hoped for. That's my tip to everybody at home. Day one, you start a new job, try to get sued by somebody very powerful. It's really good for your career. It worked out well for me in the long term. Yeah, it gave you guys lifts right out of the gates. I mean, you were the top podcast in sports and beyond right out of the gates. And I'm sure that had something to do with it because you had a building controversy before you even had many episodes out there. Let me ask you this. What were you doing? What was your job when you started the PFT Commenter account? I was selling used dogs in Austin, Texas. I was a used dog salesman. You call them adoption counselors or whatever. You know, the people that set up the tents outside of a PetSmart. Uh, I, I would drive out in the morning to Del Valley, Texas, drive a car with limited to no air conditioning back to the PetSmart, and then set up these tents with, with homeless dogs that needed new homes. And I'll tell you, I could sell the hell out of a dog. I could put you on a Catahoula so fast your head would spin. I was the best <laughs> damn used dog salesman in the history of Central Texas. I, I mean, not just Austin. I'm talking the greater San Marcos Valley. I was all over the map. I, I, was, I was wheeling. I was dealing. And then after that, uh, after the shelter got shut down, because it turns out that the guy that ran the place was a scam artist and drove to Mexico in the middle of the night, uh, I, I started doing software sales, which was my, my real job down there for a while, uh, which I, I didn't really care for that much. Uh, but I'm, I guess I'm a decent salesperson. You wouldn't buy it for me right now. Let's be honest. Like the only things that you would buy from this guy that you're looking at right now probably come in a gallon Ziploc bag. Uh, but at the time, it was clean cut. I was put together. <laughs> My facial hair was non-existent still. Uh, oh, and it I didn't still wear is. Sunglasses. Still is non-existent for sure. Definitely patchy. But uh, yeah, that, that was my, my real, real job at the time. I quickly realized I, I don't, I don't want to be doing this for a long time. And so I uh, just kind of started tweeting to have fun. And honestly, it's, it's stupid what's happened. And I, I got to give a lot of credit uh, to the people at Barstool for like reaching out to me and especially Big Cat. Without him, I definitely wouldn't be here right now. The guy's probably the most talented person in sports media, with the exception of Skip Bayless, who will always be the GOAT. Um, but yeah, Big Cat, he makes doing this job easy. So uh, it's, it's been a wild ride, but it's it's definitely not just because of my stupid tweets that have got me here. It's been a lot of luck and a lot of help from uh, a lot of really nice, funny, talented people. So when was the last time your hair was at or above your ears? Was that when you were selling dogs, software, or transcribing sex toy focus groups? Uh, that would be in the dog salesman era. Uh, that would be circa 2012, 2011, 2010, something. Yeah, I started growing it out around 2012, actually. So I was, I was in an office, and it was just uh, where I said, why not? I'm 26, 27 years old at the time. Uh, let's just let the flow happen. So it's, I, the original bet was I wasn't going to cut my hair until Danny Wood had won a Super Bowl. Unfortunately, Danny has, has since retired. So uh, I made the bet this offseason with Ryan Fitzpatrick that if Ryan Fitzpatrick won a playoff game, he would cut my hair and he would also let me shave his beard uh, after that game. Unfortunately, it looks like that ship might have sailed. Uh, so I, I might need to look into a different person to hitch my hair's wagon to because I'll tell you what, it's, uh, it's, it's not as glamorous as it, as it looks walking around with long hair all the time, especially in the summer. Bad. I feel bad for women who, who have to have long hair like this also just because like you have to you have to pretend to find like me attractive if you're if you're dating me and that's that's not an easy task whatsoever so 
they've got it. They've got it pretty rough, Mike. Let the flow happen is a good subtitle for today's show because that's pretty much what we're doing. When we return, the flow will happen with some big NFC games that are coming up for week eight. We'll discuss those next here on PFT Live with PFT Commenter. Around any corner, within every battle, and with the dawn of each new day, the threat of the unexpected, the unpredictable, and the unrelenting lies in wait. But Marines will always be there. They are the constant in the chaos. No matter the battlefield, Marines adapt to win, defeating every shifting threat, protecting our nation's future. The few, the proud, the Marines. Price drop, time to shop. Get to a Nordstrom Rack store today for first dibs on new markdowns. Now score even more, up to 70% off brands everyone loves at Nordstrom Rack. Denim, dresses, sneakers, tops, and more. Plus, get genius deals on jackets, sweaters, and boots for the whole family. Shop your Nordstrom Rack store today and save up to 70% with new markdowns. But hurry, deals this great won't last. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. always been an emotional football player and I, I think there's, a, there's something that I'm trying to you know work on you know being present you know, instead of being stuck in my, my, my feelings uh, as, a, as a quarterback we have to be present at all the time and aware of everything that's going on uh, sometimes too, too much emotion uh, can lead us to places that we don't want to go um, and, and I, I come from a level of, of gratitude and optimism you know a lot of people uh, don't agree with that all the time but I'm I'm grateful I get a chance to play uh, this team. You know, obviously I want to beat them. I want to beat them bad. Uh, and in my heart, you know, I'm ready to rock. But uh, at the end of the day, they're, they're another opponent. You know, another opponent that we got to beat, and that's in this division. Uh, and they got a good team. They coming in here hot. So uh, we got to, you know, stand our ground and represent at our house. Jameis Winston getting his first start ever against the team that made him the first overall pick in the 2015 draft. Saints hosting the Buccaneers. Last year, the Saints swept the Buccaneers in the regular season, obviously lost to the Bucs in the playoffs. I know that you're a big Jameis Winston guy. I don't know how much of it is shtick. That's one of the things with you and Big Cat. I never know how much the rallying to support player X is shtick or real. That's fair. I have no idea. That's 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 fair, and I thank I thank you for bringing that up. Which answer would you like? Would you like, would you like Eric or would you like PFT? I can go get Eric if you want me to. I thought Eric died. I thought Eric died. He had another brother he die? also named Eric. It's like my, my dad <laughs> like was George, like George Foreman. Foreman. Yeah, <laughs> several Eric's. But the, the real answer, Mike. The real answer is, Jameis Winston has his issues. He hasn't looked that great this year. Uh, at, at times he's looked pretty, pretty dynamic, but at other times it's kind of like, you can see, you know, that, that old Jameis Winston popping up, rearing its head, even the touchdown pass that he had on uh, on Monday night, 
where he did a fumble ruski to himself. He put the ball on the ground, picked it up, threw a touchdown pass to Alvin Kamara. Uh, it probably wasn't exactly how they drew it up. But you also have to admit that Jameis Winston is a hilarious individual, and he's fun to watch. And you can't watch him play without feeling some sort of an emotion. It's like if you go see a movie, uh, you go see, maybe you're not like a comic book person, but you go watch an Avengers movie. If it makes you feel a feeling, that's a good thing. That's how I look at Jameis Winston. He's, he's the most, he has, he gives you the most entertainment bang for your dollar of any NFL player. He's fun to watch when he's bad. He's fun to watch when he's good. He's fun to watch. You don't know what you're going to get. I don't think that they can beat the Bucs if he played like he played on Monday. I think he's going to have to play the best game of the season so far. And that's a real crapshoot on James Winston is like trying to pin down when his best game is going to be. Um, so I, I think it's going to be a tough, tough road, but it's not unthinkable that the Bucs could do it or that the, that the Saints could beat the Bucs. It's not unthinkable at all, especially the James Winston revenge game. Now the PFT answer would be James Winston is going to go out there and throw for seven touchdowns and five interceptions, and they're going to win this game 55 to 42. And that's what I'm actually really rooting for. I love James. I love everything about his offseason training regiment. I love how he's got a guy that just invents new exercises for him to do. And for some reason, insists on filming all of them. I, I'm pretty sure I saw one drill that was Jameis Winston in his backyard and, and his trainer just released a hive of bees onto him as he was shooting with a paintball gun <laughs> and asking Jameis to throw golf balls into a hot air balloon until it ruptured. I don't know what, what they're doing there, but again, this just adds to the Jameis Winston factor. Everything that he does is just entertaining. You're not sure if you're actually watching reality when you see Jameis Winston play or when you see him work out. So I'm rooting for the Saints to win. I think it'd be very fun to see the Saints to win this game. Uh, Sean Payton's got something up his sleeve. You can be sure about that. He always, sometimes, you know, Sean, if you give him too much time to game plan for somebody, he'll come up with an idea of like having somebody lay down in the end zone and try to disguise themselves with their uniform and, and the end zone paint. And it ends up being too gimmicky and not working out. But I think if you give Sean Payton just like a limited amount of time to prepare for a, a division rival and he's working under pressure, that's when he has the best game plan where it kind of limits how crazy he can get with it. And he could just get back to being smart, Sean Payton. You know, there is a lot of wisdom though, in how you describe Jameis Winston, he's entertaining. And why do we pay attention to sports? Why do we follow football? What do we want to be? We don't want to be bored. We want to be entertained. And sometimes you're entertained by the actual product of the gameplay. And sometimes it's the personalities who entertain you. And he is quirky. He is different. And he's been effective. He had 5,100 passing yards in his last year with the Buccaneers. Yeah, he also had 30 interceptions, but he's fun. He's fun. And yeah. we're watching these games and we talk about these games and we do what we do for a living because it's fun. And he's a guy who makes it a little more fun. And sometimes it's even more fun if he's throwing as many passes to the other team as he is throwing to his own team. So you put that very well. I think it's not going to be easy because Tom Brady's like Ryan Howard when he came back after he went to prison. Although I don't know how long he was in prison, but he had his list. He's got his list from last year. Yes, Ryan Howard from yeah, the office. Okay. Not Ryan Howard, the baseball player. Ryan Howard from the office. Got Come it. on, man. I don't care about baseball. But when he's when he's crossing off, like he's got Buccaneers, Saints, both games this year on his list. Even though he got the ultimate victory in the playoffs, he's still got a bug up his butt about losing to the Saints twice last year. So he's going to try to win 55 to 10. That's what Jameis Winston's going against. Yeah, yeah, you're probably right. He doesn't forget stuff like that. He, he'll take the motivation wherever he can get it. 
And I'm telling you, Devin White, if Jameis, if Jameis suffers a relapse and he, he goes back to his old addiction to linebackers, this could be a pretty ugly game. Uh, the, the Bucks defense is nasty. They've got Vita Vea up front, who's a, a dual threat. He's more of a Swiss Army knife than Taysom Hill is because Vita Vea, he'll be a fullback and he'll be a true fullback. And he'll run your ass over. I love watching that guy play. Great defensive tackle. I don't know if Taysom Hill is coming back yet or not, but I, I do think that um, an emotional Jameis is a dangerous Jameis. And when I say dangerous, I mean he's dangerous to himself. He needs to play and, and try to stay as medium as possible. In that clip that you just played, he alluded to it. But then again, I don't really understand what he was saying. He's like, I've been focused on being more in the present because I'm an emotional guy but I've got to bring that fire this weekend. He's kind of like all over the map. If you think that Jameis is going to be able to dial it back this weekend against the Bucs, you don't know Jameis Winston, my friend. Uh, I think we're, we're probably going to get a, a couple highs, and if I'm being honest, probably a lot of lows. I'm going to bet heavy on the Bucs yeah. this weekend just because I know how much this game is going to mean to him, and he can't be out there trying to do too much. He was always looking to make the big play. He doesn't want to run the offense, control it underneath passes. He wants to fire it down the field, and I think he's going to let it fly on Sunday. All right, real quickly, real quickly, we, we got to check the box on the news here because the New York Times reported last night that over the past two years, the commissioner has made $128 million. We used to know all this stuff publicly because the NFL was technically a tax-exempt organization, so they had to file all of this information, even though – you know, people thought, oh, they, they don't pay taxes. They paid taxes, but they, they decided the PR headache wasn't worth it, so they converted, and we don't know technically what he makes. According to Ken Belson in the New York Times, we do. 128 over two years. Look, I and, and Jerry Jones tried to block his latest contract in 2017. They think they pay him too much. He thought they paid him too much. We saw this week at the press conference on Tuesday what they pay him for. He's the guy who stands up there and takes the heat so the owners don't have to. There's value in that. And yeah, you negotiate big contract with the networks. There's value in that. Financial value. Financial value in having long-term labor peace. But there is a strong value in having someone who will say whatever they want you to say and be the one who absorbs all the criticism so the owners aren't the ones who are taking that heat. That's a big reason why he's making what he's making. And he's very good at it because he'll do it. He'll do it. He'll step into that fray. He'll have everyone dump on him. He'll have everyone ask hostile questions and then say after the fact that, oh, he's not, you know, he's not really telling us the truth here, but he deals with it. And uh, and that's that's one of the reasons why they have him in place. Him, whoever the commissioner is in the future, that's a big part of the job to take the heat on behalf of the owners. Also, representation matters, Mike. And I think what, what Roger Dill has done a great job of is letting people in America know that even if your dad's a senator, if you grow up extremely wealthy, you can still make it in this world and be paid $100 million by billionaires to do nothing. And I think that if that's not the American dream, then I don't, I don't know what is. Uh, I, I, I love what his job is. And he's, you said it right. He's a punching bag. And there are a lot of people that would be a punching bag for, you know, I'll do it for $127 million over the course of two years. I'll give you a pay cut, <laughs> NFL, if, if you want to do business. Talk to me. I'm, I'm name that to, tune. Uh, name that tune. I'll, I'll do go, that job for 125 million. I'll even create distractions out of nowhere if you want me to, so that people <laughs> don't pay attention to the real stuff that's going on. I'll get in a scandal every week. You want you want a commissioner that's going to be in the headlines like the paparazzi following me around through bushes? 
I will go out there and do some real messed up stuff. I'm talking like some, some uh, like you read about the old uh, child actors as they age and they get into trouble, you know, all the time. I'll make yes. Lindsay Lohan no look like a saint. No specifics are necessary. Yes. No, I'll, that, I will that, make Lindsay that Lohan look will be like fine. a saint. Yep. Uh, so if they want to come to me, let's have a dialogue. Let's discuss it. But no, seriously, Roger Goodell, uh, he does a very good job of what he does. And a, a big part of that exactly. is being the punching bag. I think... I think he is he's created a new line of work or at least a new strategy when it comes to maneuvering through the public sphere and, and through these legal disputes, which is to talk like a lawyer, but to also not be a lawyer. So you can't be held liable for anything that you say that might sound like legalese because you don't have the official training. You don't have the degree. That's what he does all the time. He'll go out there. He'll say things like a lawyer would. To the point where I'm swearing that this guy, he must be a lawyer with how boring he sounds. No offense, Mike. But he, at the end of the day, he doesn't ever have to take responsibility or you know participate in any sort of uh, legal practice. So he, he's been very smart about that. Another thing that he does besides being the punching bag is he's good at kind of orchestrating this dance of brands around the NFL. You see the different gambling companies. You see the official yogurt sponsors. You see the beer companies. And the truck companies that, that are out there every single Sunday on the field, on your televisions, you see the rights packages. All these brands have other brands that they hate. And it's up to Roger Goodell to figure out a way to get the most money for the league while also not having the rich guy that represents Yoplait get mad at the rich guy that represents Chevy. And he does a great job at that. He orchestrates this dance and he's made a lot of money for the billionaires, and they're happy with that. At the end of the day, as long as the, the checks keep coming in, as long as the equity in their teams keeps increasing, Roger Goodell is going to have a job for life because why would you fire a guy uh, in, in the midst of that? I don't think they care about scandals. Do you think that any, any actual owner in the NFL besides Mark Davis cares about these scandals, cares about what's happening with, with like the Washington football team emails? I don't think so. I think, I think as long as Roger Goodell keeps things steady, they'll be happy with him. And uh, and they don't because the money keeps flowing in. And you're right. He's very good at what he's paid to do. That's the key. Let's take a break. What's wrong with the Chiefs? We'll address that plus other questions when fill in the blank happens next here on PFT Live. I mean, you can just watch the tape and know that I needed to play better in order to have success. I mean, there was plays where guys were open. There's plays where we had matchups downfield that I didn't hit, um, that I usually would give those guys opportunities to make plays. So um, you, you, I, I've said stuff to them saying that I got to be better. Um, but at the same time, they have that that mindset. They're going to they're gonna try to build me up. So, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a thing where you, you're not going to play your best game every single game, and that's when you really have to rely on those other guys to kind of step up and make plays for you. Patrick Mahomes talking about what the Chiefs need to do to improve. We're going to address that and other topics because it is time for today's speed round brought to you by Verizon, the official 5G network of the National Football League. PFT commenter, let's begin there. The biggest issue with the Chiefs right now is what? Uh, that the fan base has turned on Patrick Mahomes and that they all want to trade Patrick Mahomes. It was trending last weekend on Twitter. They want him out of there. They want him gone. They want to trade him to the Washington football team, I heard. 
I don't, I, I don't know if I would take that trade if I were the football team. Maybe I would. Maybe would. that's not for me to decide. But I think the fan base needs to reconcile that hatred that they have towards Patrick Mahomes right now. And also they need to do more downfield laterals with Travis Kelsey. They'll be fine. They're getting a little cute with it, but they'll be fine in the long term. I just can't believe that this team went from being what we saw last year and the year before to what we see right now. They've got to fix it at some point. Real assessment for me is this. They've lost their confidence that gave them that magical edge that everything would always work out. But their opponents have yet to come to that same conclusion. So you're going to see games like last week where a team gets up and they're going to keep pushing and they're not going to let their guard down, but the Chiefs can't figure out how to turn it around. That's where they have to fix it. They'll be fine against the Giants. They're going to have trouble against good teams like the Packers. Oh, yeah, they play the Packers in Week 9. If and when... Joe Flacco takes over under center for the New York Jets. The Jets will what? The Jets will win a game. You heard it here first, folks. The New York Jets will win a football game. Not only will they win one, but I think that they're going to win at least two football games. Might even tie one. This is going to be a new Jets. This is not your father's Jets. This, this team is filled with winners. They just need a good leader to bring it out of them. That's what Joe Flacco does. The man is elite. He's always been elite. Uh, I think that he still has the best postseason touchdown to interception ratio of all time in the year when he won a Super Bowl. They backed the Brinks truck up for him. Joe Flacco in New York, Broadway Joe. He's the new Broadway Joe. Broadway Joe 2.0 because he's been there before. But uh, hey, I, look, I love the fact that a guy who was once the highest paid player in football is still hanging around for a paycheck just to be part of it because he doesn't need to. I, I, and Tom Brady would never do that. If he's not starting, he's not playing. Peyton Manning, if he's not starting, he's not playing. Joe Flacco will take whatever job he can get just to be part of it, and I respect that. In exchange, speaking of Tom Brady, for his 600th touchdown pass, I'd ask for what, PFT commenter? His 601st touchdown pass. And I would keep repeating that until he retired so you get the last one. That's one thing that people aren't talking about right now is nobody's going to give a crap about number 600 if he throws 640 touchdowns. I want number 640. That's what I would trade for. Uh, I know that you and I got into it in discussions about ball law earlier this week. It's still unclear whether or not that was a property of the fan or of Mike Evans to give away. Um, but I'll let you speak to that. To me, it's pretty clear, though. I don't need 600. I just need your last one. Yeah, I, I, I'd i ask for nothing because I would not give up the ball. I would, As I said on Pardon My Take, I would get the hell out of there, take it home, and then figure out my next move. As Brady said himself on the Manning cast, once you give the ball back, you lose all leverage, which is exactly what happened. He still got some stuff, but not nearly what he could have gotten. We're going to take a break. Speaking of the Manning cast, that wasn't planned. Sometimes the segues just fall out of the sky. We're going to have a draft of the people we'd like to see on the Manning cast when PFT Live continues right after this. Pro Football Talk is brought to you by Verizon, the official 5G network of the NFL. Our good friends, PFT Commenter. Come in, guys. I don't, I don't have any other microphones, but PFT Commenter and Barstool Big Cat on their Grit Week tour actually stopped by. Boy, you guys, you guys have, did you guys not bring toothbrushes? We, Vanny Woodhead, quite a ride. If it breaks down within two hours of here, we'll help you out. Beyond two hours, you're on your own. Your toilet's definitely not broken. Yeah, I will check all of the plumbing once, uh, once the show is over. That was like four years ago. 
I think I was a little so young and I think I've lost a little weight. I think I was a little, I look a little, I look a little, I look a little puffy there. I don't know what I was eating back then, but I was eating well. Uh, All right. We got to get to it. We got to get to it. Guests that we would want to see on the Manning cast. That's today's draft with PFT commenter here on PFT live. You get the first pick. Give me one. Mike Vanderjack. The world needs more liquored up kickers. That's a, that's a void that I am happy to fill, but sadly I'm not good enough at kicking to fill it. That's that's good, and I didn't know which way you were going to go, so I, I I wasn't quite sure how to prepare for this one. So I'm going to steal the one that I thought was going to be your first pick. That's part of the whole dynamic to this. Chris Berman is the one that I want on there with with Peyton and Eli, with him making his random noises and 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 taking over the entire segment and not shutting up. That would be must see TV. You could have a reality show that follows around Chris Berman. I would watch a live stream of his life. He should be on Twitch, actually. Chris Berman just in a chair. There should be a camera that follows him when he goes golfing and he sweats through his shirt every day when he's doing karaoke. I, I would just like Quick to question. be an observer of Boomer's life. Do you agree with my assessment that David Baker is the missing link between Chris Berman and Andre the Giant? It definitely. They might share a couple of chromosomes. Yes. I, I think All that's, right. That's a Go ahead. Statement. Next round. Next round. All right. I would like to see uh, all of Drew Brees' children on the Manning cast. And I think it's high time that his daughter got some screen time. We saw him on Monday night. The two two boys were there. Drew Brees was very excited to show off. Hey, the boys are allowed to stay up late. His daughter leans in. He practically pushes her off frame and says, say hi to the boys. (laughs) I want to see all of Drew Brees' kids. Give them a full segment on the next Manning cast. All right, next one for me. And again, I didn't know which way we were going to go, so I really didn't pull in football people more than like other non-players like players, like David Letterman because, you know, Peyton Manning played in Indianapolis and David Letterman's an Indiana guy. And I think I just think actually it would be compelling to have David Letterman sandwiched between Peyton and Eli on the screen with that big-ass beard talking about whatever he wants to talk about because he isn't going to talk much about football for a full quarter of a game. Okay, yeah, I think that's an that's a, a excellent pick. Um, for my next one, I'm going to go. Yeah, you with, didn't like that pick. No, it's, it's very buttoned up of you, Mike. All right. All thought, right. Go ahead. We, Who else? We're letting the hair down today. Uh, Alex Jones. I think Alex Jones would be a great guest <laughs> on the Manning <laughs> cast. Shirtless, turning <laughs> slightly deeper shades of red over the course of before of and the after. Interview. Just drunk <laughs> off his mind. Making no sense at all, saying that I've reviewed all the documents around the AFL NFL merger, and this is it goes against the league bylaws and charges. Uh, I would like to see him doing a, a show where uh, where maybe the Seahawks are playing, so he could talk about Pete Carroll's love of uh, investigating false flag operations. Uh, that that's awesome. You that's you know what I should have seen that one coming. Last one for me is Ted Lasso, just because everybody loves Ted Lasso. Even though I haven't watched Ted Lasso, I'm supposed to like Ted Lasso because Ted Lasso is great. So Jason Sudeikis as Ted Lasso because everybody loves Ted Lasso. That's my you're saying opinion. like the commercial version of Ted Lasso, the one that we saw yeah. like three years ago for NBC. Yeah, not not. The, yeah, the peacock. Just Ted Lasso. Ted Lasso. Just, no, yeah, well, just Ted Lasso. I don't know. I, there's this Ted Lasso craze, and I tried it, frankly, and I'm going to get a lot of people upset with me. I didn't get it. All right, we got to take a break. Uh, let's take a break. Maybe when we come back, the people we wouldn't want to see on the Manning cast uh, or whatever else we have time to talk about, and it won't be much. More PFT Live right after this.
The photo went immediately viral. Aaron Rodgers trying to get to the goal line, checking to see what the signal would be. Chin strap becoming a nose strap. Crazed eyes. PFT Commoner had some fun with it. Let's see what he did with it. First of all, you turned it vertical and added one of Chris Sims' favorite accessories. A giant Cheech and Chong joint. <laughs> That's a thing. That, that really is. It's Halloween weekend is the perfect time for that photo because it really is kind of freaky and disturbing, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it was a very, very strange picture. I, I actually kind of like it, uh, especially when you when you put it vertical like that. Looks like he's standing up, just getting blazed out of his gourd. Got a, a few nice <laughs> messages from the Long family about that one. Always happy to, to treat them to – that's not even a mosquito leg. That's just like a baguette. That thing is a monster. Also, I love the fact that while he was being dragged to the ground earlier in the game, he thought he was being horse-collared, and he actually threw his hands up asking for the foul in the process of being tackled. This is some next-level presence of mind as we pull the train into the station. There's the jersey getting pulled. He's saying, what the hell? Or something else. That's it. Eric, thank you. Well done. Everybody, have a great weekend. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh, yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks... Then, there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Luxury is meant to be livable. Discover the new leather collection at Ashley with premium quality leather sofas, recliners, and more, all built to last. No matter how many spills, scuffs, or pet-related mishaps come its way, the leather collection at Ashley is made with the durability you need for the whole family. Shop the new leather collection at Ashley and find chairs starting at $499.99 and sofas at $599.99. Ashley, for the love of home.